tell. Joining us right now is a very fine Braves beat reporter for AM680 in Atlanta, and that is the one and only, and I say that because he's a friend of Craig Heights, Kevin McAlpin. Kevin, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day. Of course. Thanks for having me on. And uh, I'm only doing this because I knew Craig wouldn't be on the show. So I... <laughs> uh, anytime he's not around, happy to talk baseball. <laughs> yeah, when I get Bill Latson, Bill Latson goes, I'll do it for you. You're my friend, not Craig Heist. <laughs> anyway, Kevin, uh, what do you think uh, the Braves, how were they feeling uh, last night at the performance of Dallas Keuchel? Well, I think for his first time out, they were okay with it. You know, there was a couple of plays that weren't made behind him. Uh, but he was he was pretty good. I thought you know he, he made two appearances in the minors, and uh, from what I was told, his stuff looked good. And for a guy who hasn't been in a big league game in eight and a half months, I thought he was fine. Um, you know, again, a couple of plays weren't made behind him. That right off the bat, you know, Trey Turner reaches on that infield single. Uh, but you know, I think the Ozzy Albies error kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. That's when things kind of spiraled on him. Uh, he made that one mistake on the home run, uh, a cutter that didn't run in enough. Uh, but other than that, you know, his stuff looked good to me. Uh, and I think he's going to be a really good addition to this ball club. Uh, looking about about a week ago, about two weeks ago, I was looking ahead at the schedule that the Braves had, the Nationals had, the Mets and the Phillies. And uh, I, I saw something pretty staggering to me of the next seven series, and we're now – this is now the third series since I looked this up. The Braves had six of seven of their next series were against good plus 500 teams or competitive teams like the Nationals and the Mets in the division. The, the uh, Phillies had five of seven, and the Washington Nationals only had three of seven. And after Sunday's game, their next four series, the, the, uh, the Nationals are against Miami, Kansas City, Detroit, and Miami. Now, I know you probably eventually play some of those teams um, again, but, boy, that's a stretch where it looks like the Nats could be poised to pick up some substantial ground. Well, and I've been telling fans back in Atlanta, I would be a lot more concerned about the Nationals than the Phillies. Mm -hmm. I really would. You know, losing Andrew McCutcheon was a big blow for them. Their bullpen has been a disaster, as have really, let's be honest, four teams in this division, have have bullpen issues. You know, yeah. I, the only team I'm leaving out is, is the Marlins. Is the Marlins, but, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, when you look at it, in my opinion, I think the Nationals are the more dangerous team. Anytime you're running out a rotation of guys like Scherzer and Corbin and Strasburg and heck, even Anibal Sanchez, who the Braves saw last year and, and was their second most consistent starter, uh, a really good veteran guy to have in your mix towards the bottom of your rotation. Um, you know, I see he's kind of turned things around here in D.C. after a, a disastrous start. So, you know, for me, it, the offense here in, in D.C. is going to get better. They're going to get Zim back, and that's going to be a big boost. So, you know, overall, big picture, looking at, you know, between now and the rest of the year, uh, you know, the Phillies are still, you know, four and a half back. But it, I think that the Nationals pose a much bigger threat to the Braves trying to repeat as division champs than the Phillies do right now. But I, I think that being said, whatever team in this division addresses their bullpen first will probably be the one that wins the division this year. We're talking with Kevin McAlpin. He's on AM680, Braves beat reporter uh, out of Atlanta. And Kevin, uh, what might a Braves attempt at fixing the bullpen look like right now? Are we talking Will Smith? Or are we talking Tony Watson? Uh, who who are they looking at, do you think? 
I would think Will Smith would be probably at the top of the list. He, he's, he makes his home right outside of Atlanta. He's about 30 miles south. Uh, he's from Noonan, Georgia. So, you know, he's obviously very familiar with the Braves. Uh, I was told um, not too long ago that there is a desire to pitch for the Braves uh, as far as Will Smith is concerned. So I think that would be a guy that would be a tremendous fit. Um, you know, there's other guys out there, uh, but I think that he would be at the top of the list. Uh, I think you look at, at a guy, you know, a closer is going to be at the top of their priority list. Sure. I know there was some talk about Craig Kimbrell and a reunion there, but the Braves just weren't comfortable with going with that, you know, multi-year deal. If Craig would have taken a, a one-year or maybe one in an option, mm-hmm. I could have seen it happening. But I, I think there was some, some, you know, some analytical data that the Braves just weren't comfortable going long-term with. So, a closer will definitely be there. I think another high leverage guy would be in the mix as well. And I'm not completely ruling out the fact that the Braves could be players for another veteran starter, say a Madison Bumgarner. Uh, I know I know he's not the same guy he was a couple of years ago, but another guy from North Carolina, grew up a Braves fan. Uh, I think pitching in Atlanta would be uh, something that would really intrigue him. If the Braves could re-sign him, they wouldn't, I think, give away a bunch of prospects for a rental. Uh, but, you know, I think that the Braves have to look at this as, as a window of opportunity, and it only stays open for so long. And if you have a chance to add a guy like a Bumgarner and potentially keep a guy like Keuchel around beyond this year, now you're talking about those two veteran guys with the mix of the Sorokas and the Freeds and there's a wave of guys at AAA. There's a wave of guys at AA in pitching prospects that are that are coming on strong. So uh, I think they feel like they're set up for the long term. But if you have a chance to go for it now, I think Alex Anthopoulos could be tempted to make those moves that could help the Braves at least advance beyond just the first round. I think just getting to the playoffs this year is not going to be nearly enough for this team after what they accomplished last year. Um, a player that you guys picked up from the Orioles in that trade last year for Kevin Gosman would be, if he were healthy, the perfect leverage reliever. Mm-hmm. Not not the closer, but Darren O'Day. I don't hear a word about him getting close to anything. Is Am I right on that, or is there something going on? No, you know, he's just recently started playing catch, which is really the first, literally the first step uh, in in inching towards, you know, getting baseball activities more ramped up. Uh, But that's a big blow. I think when you look at how the Braves uh, built their bullpen this offseason, Darren O'Day was a guy they factored to be, you know, a high leverage guy, uh, potentially a setup guy. They had a Rodas Vizcaino. He got hurt. He's out for the year. That's a big time loss. Uh, they had Shane Carl, who was a guy that was, you know, potentially an all-star candidate in the first half of last season. He has not been the same guy. AJ Minter was uh, very inconsistent to start the year. They had to send him out to AAA. Dan Winkler, another guy that was a, a big part of that pen last year, he just hasn't been the same. So really, coming into spring training, there was five guys. That's five guys right, right there that the Braves felt really good with in their bullpen. That just haven't worked out. So, uh, yeah, Darren O'Day, that would have been a big one. And, and the, the Braves thought he could be a, a really big piece of that. But, again, from what I'm told, it's, I'd be shocked if we see him pitch this year. And, again, yeah. that's, that's a tough one because yeah. that, was, that was a really good piece to add to that trade when they got Kevin Gossman. Now, what about – now, of course, the Orioles' agenda was, was unloading the contracts uh, of uh, Gosman, who I mean, Gosman was arbitration eligible, but the Orioles were not going to pay him in the seven to eight million dollar range, and they wanted to get out from O'Day's money. But I know with Dave Wallace and Dom Chidi back in the Braves organization, they must have touted Alex strongly that they felt they could work through some issues with Gosman, 
and yet there's Kevin Gosman, I think two and six with an ERA over six. I know he's on the IL right now. What's the status there? Well, he's uh, he's been a disaster. Let's let's yep. just be completely honest with him. Mean, he's a two pitch pitcher, a fastball, and the uh, the splitter, and he's not missing bats. I mean, the the numbers were just alarming uh, over uh, his final three starts. He gave up twenty two earned runs in, I believe it was nine and a third innings, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it was just he was getting you know pounded. Um, I think you know he needs to mix in a third pitch. He has the slider, but he hasn't been using it, and uh, you know he's felt like. He's been effective throughout the course of his career as a two-pitch pitcher, but it just hasn't been there this year. So he's on the IL right now. I, I was told he's going down to the Braves complex in Florida uh, while the team's on the road to throw some live BPs and things like that. Uh, but, you know, I think the one adjustment he made last season that was beneficial for him because he did pitch pretty well down the stretch for the Braves last season uh, was ditching the, uh, ditching the windup. He pitched strictly out yep. of the stretch, and that he was seeing some better results on his pitches uh, but right now, it's just he's been a totally different guy. And, you know, I think when he does come back, he probably finds himself in the Braves' bullpen because, you know, right now, Julio Tehran's pitching well. Mike fulton has been inconsistent, but his last couple outings have been better. You're not doing anything with Freed and Soroka. And, of course, Dallas Keuchel's in the mix now. And you also have Sean Newcomb, who made a spot start last week. He's been really good out of the Braves' bullpen. So right now there's no room for Gosman in the rotation, and I would think he becomes probably a long guy out of the bullpen when he does come back, and that could be you know, probably when this team returns from this long 10-game road trip. Kevin, I'm going to share something with you that's going to make you look like a genius down in Atlanta. The, the, and I've written this before, and I was proponent of it. This is going back 20 years ago or 20-plus years. When Arthur Rhodes was a great pitching prospect in the Oriole organization, I watched him start a few games, and he was disastrous. And I got into a big argument with then the uh, Kevin Malone, who was the assistant GM to Pat Gillick, and I said, you guys ought to make Arthur Rhodes a relief pitcher. Certain pitchers need to come to the ballpark every night having to be on edge that they might have to pitch that night. And I wrote the story about two years ago about Gosman. Gosman belongs as a, not the closer, he belongs in the seventh, eighth inning of, of high leverage. The, the guy right before the bridge, he can do great things like that. Almost like a mini Andrew Miller uh, where he, he pitches three or four times a week and impacts games. He'd be much better at it than ever trying to be a starter. Well, and, and that's probably what his role will end up being when yep. he does come back. I mean, that's just, you know, I, and, and look, the big thing for him is he's got to start missing bats and he's got to start hitting his spots. And the splitter, you know, it's just it has not had that, that downward plane action that we, we saw last season. So if he can get that right and he can start, you know, you know, working down in the zone, keeping the ball in the ballpark, I agree. I think he could be a guy that, that could help this team. Uh, you know, he's a veteran, and, you know, they've got a lot of young guys in that pen. So, you know, for me, you can never have too many veteran guys down in that bullpen. And I, I agree. I think that's that's probably where he's going to end up. And, I mean, uh, Rhodes, Arthur that. Rhodes made about 60 to $70 million in oh, his yeah. career being a, being a bridge guy. He never really wanted to be the closer either. Listen, he's a sweet guy. Kevin Gosman, not a bad bone in his body. He's got an awful lot of Gomer Pyle in him. And uh, those kind of guys wouldn't make good starting pitchers. You need him to go out and just fire, not be thinking of how to get guys out two and three times in the sequencing. He just needs to fire because he does have an electric arm. Yeah. He does, and you're right. He's a tremendous guy. I've really enjoyed having yeah. him around the, almost this last calendar year now. 
Um, and look, I think you, you look at, at what Sean Newcomb has done. I mean, he was yep. a starter, and I think he still feels like long term he's going to be a starter. But he has been a it's, a it's a different mentality. He has a different mindset. And the thing I liked about it is <clears throat> when you take guys that were starters and you turn them into relievers, they can let it eat from the first pitch. You don't have to hold back and, and say, "Hey, I got to face these guys two and three times. I've got to go out there and you know preserve my arm to go a hundred pitches." These guys, and we'll, that's what we've seen from Nuke. I mean, he's just out there. He's letting it eat. He's, he's firing. He, he's you know, throwing strikes. Uh, he's been a totally different guy, and, and maybe that would benefit Gosman for sure if he goes forward. Braves beat reporter Kevin McAlpin is with us. Kevin, just a couple more questions. He's with 680 AM 680 out of Atlanta. Uh, Kevin, um, what's it been like for two straight seasons to see sort of a debut of first Ronald Acuna and now Austin Riley? It's been a treat. It really has. And not even just to watch them, but, you know, to see the impact that they yeah. make. And it's an immediate impact. And, you know, for, for last season for Acuna, I think, you know, a lot of folks from a fan base standpoint felt like he should have broke camp with the big league club. Uh, but Alex Anthopoulos also wanted to give him a little bit more seasoning. I mean, look, it, Alex was very candid in saying, you know, if I was here a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have moved Dansby Swanson as quick as, as the organization did. Uh, a little extra time in the minors never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that, you know, again, to see these guys that are 20, 21, 22 years old come up and make such an impact, the crazy thing is is that we're sitting here talking about uh, Ender Inciarte, a three-time Gold Glove Award winner, right. and he's on the injured list. And the, the big question is, where do the Braves put him when he comes back from the IL? You're taking a guy who's a three-time Gold Glove Award winner and saying, we don't really need this guy right now. It's hard to believe, but that's the type of impact that uh, Austin Riley has had. Big-time bat. Uh, he's played left field pretty well. I mean, look, he's still a work in progress. He's a third baseman by trade, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he's handled that uh, that transition to left field really well. Uh, and, again, these guys are, are beyond their years. They don't look like kids when they're out there. The only time they look like kids is when they're they're screwing around in the dugout and they're you know knocking each other's heads off and and you know having a lot of fun and tackling each other. That's the only time you really remember that they're kids. But when they're on the field, they flip the switch and and they look like seasoned veterans. And again, they've both had a tremendous impact on this ball club. Hey, uh, last year, young Ozzy Albie's in his second season had sixty nine extra base hits, forty doubles, five triples, twenty four home runs. He signs a contract. I don't think I've heard a ball player get criticized like that since Harold Baines won in the Hall of Fame. Uh, is he happy with the deal he signed? Because I think he, I think he has a right to sign that deal, uh, lock down security for his family, uh, and he'll still be young enough to make a lot more money when this contract's over. That, that's the big thing. I've heard the criticism, and for me, my argument to that is, he didn't have to sign that deal. If right. he didn't think it was fair, if he didn't like it, $35 million over seven years, he didn't have to sign that deal, but he did. And look, he comes, and the same thing can be said for Ronald Acuna because a lot of folks felt like Acuna signing that $100 million deal left potentially a couple of hundred million dollars on the table. But these guys, they come from very humble backgrounds. Uh, look, I think that any one of us would sign that deal. It's tremendous, life-changing money. And again, neither of them had to do it. There was no gun held to their head saying, you better sign this or else. Uh, But I think that it's a combination of the fact that they love the organization. They respect that the organization gave them an opportunity to play at the highest level. And like you said, it gives them a chance to hit the free agent market when they're 30 years old in the prime of their career. 
there's still plenty of money for both these guys to be to be made. But again, it's life changing money. They're taken care of. Their family's taken care of. Their kids and their grandkids will not have anything to worry about for the rest of their lives. So for anybody that wants to say it was the worst contract ever, well, again, my argument is there, there was no uh, there was no sign this or else you're gone. I mean, it's it's guaranteed money. And as we know, in this game, injuries happen. Things can happen throughout the course of players' careers where that money would not necessarily be guaranteed. So I'm happy for both those guys. They love being in Atlanta. And believe me, they're both excited to be going through this together because Ozzie and Ronald are – just about the best of friends you will find on a baseball field. I remember not too long ago when the Astros were in their rebuild, they had a young first baseman who was a can't-miss prospect. His name was John Singleton. Yeah. He signed a three- or four-year $10 million deal or something. And I remember Bud Norris went ballistic. The Players Association went ballistic. You know, at least John Singleton, hopefully he's got some of that money left because he was a total flop as a player. Exactly. And again, look, nothing is guaranteed. I mean, you, you know, a, a bad injury could derail yep. your career tomorrow. And so, you know, again, to get that type of financial security is, is tremendous. And I, look, I, I think that these guys are also looking at the way the free agent market has gone the last couple of years. Now, that being said, this is still eight to 10 years down the road for both those sure, guys. But sure. I think there's a lot of concern about where free agency is going and guys don't want to get to that point where, they're sitting into to May and June without jobs, and, and there's still guys that are out there and available. For me, the one guy that I can't believe is still unsigned is Evan Gaddis. He hit 25 bombs last right. year for the Houston Astros, right. and no one gave him a sniff at a job this year. I, I can't believe a guy like that was never signed. All right. Hey, Kevin, many thanks, and we'll keep it between us that you did the show only because I asked, not Craig Heist. 